Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. It's championship uh, week for us here on the show. Uh, season has flown by, Tyler. Yeah, it sure has. Yeah, it's crazy to think that uh, we are already here. It is uh, basically week 13 of the season uh, for us here in college football. And a lot of great games to talk about. But, of course, we always start off with our recap from last week and some crazy games that really determine the makeup of uh, what could become a really good college football playoff season and some great New Year's New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, so we'll jump right into it, man, and we'll always start where we do, of course, in the ACC. We had a great one here, SEC-ACC matchup here for the Battle of Florida. Uh, you know, Florida puts up a really good fight in this one. They travel to Tallahassee. Uh, I dare say Tallahassee is a tougher place to play than, than Gainesville. So um, this is a great game for both teams. You know, it was really about last possession here. And uh, Florida State made the most of it. And, uh, you know, controversial call towards the end of this game. Kind of swung uh, the game towards Florida State's way. Uh, a great, great positive offensive movement for both teams. And Florida State uh, ultimately holds on. They were at number 16 at the time, I'm assuming, based on that when they're going to move up just a couple of spots, not too many. Uh, but what, what's your assessment of this game? You know, I know this is a tough one, you know, to look at from Florida's perspective. You've had a rough year. You start the season off well. You beat Utah, but, you know, really been downhill from then. Yeah, really the perspective I have is just here from Florida State. You know, Mike Norvell, you know, Florida State could have just fired him. I mean, they fired – 
you know, Willie Taggart, who didn't do that great. You know, Mike Norvell wasn't doing great in his first uh, couple of years, you know, coming from Memphis. Uh, but, yeah, this was his best year yet. You know, they finished the season at 9-3, and start the season with a big shoot New Orleans, and then they closed it out against their rivals. You know, Florida's beating them uh, in the three years. Like, this rivalry is, is back and forth. You know, Florida State from 2013 to 2018, uh, they got a win in every year, and then, for the past three years, we've seen Florida really dominate this series. And now it's looking like the pendulum is swinging in towards uh, the Seminoles' favor. But, yeah, this was an offense onslaught, uh, and what a way to start rivalry weekend. We had the Egg Bowl Thursday night to get us started. Then this was the night game, uh, and this was just, uh, you know, the fans storming the field. Uh, one of my coworkers actually uh, went to that game, and they said uh, that, like, a 50-year-old man – broke his ankle like the bone like came right out of his it, it was like sticking out and the, like all the police and ambulance was in but it like they were telling me it was like a 10 foot drop pretty much like the wall is not as like pretty steep so it's like it's a it job for florida state but it was definitely uh well deserved uh for the fans to storm the field uh you know being a rival and for florida I mean, their defense really is the the reason why that they're only at six and six right now. I mean, you can pin it on coaching, but it's the first year. So I'm not really going to like say like Florida needs to look somewhere else. But yeah, this off both defenses, uh, you know, had talent, but the Jordan, the way that Jordan Travis uh, was playing in this game, I think that he should just get a player of the year honors you know i know that drake may's getting a lot of the hype but jordan travis has been one of the main reason why florida state is where they're at now and they're going to be in a good position uh next uh next week whenever we're talking about the bowl games so uh, you know i'm sure that florida state you know might not have to travel far they might get even uh you know the the camping world the cheese it bowl actually now i want it to call it the camping world it's called the cheese it bowl so that could be a possible uh, they could travel, you know, down south uh, to Orlando uh, and face off against a Big 12 foe. But, yeah, huge win. Put the season you know, this was really terrific uh, A-plus season for Florida State. Absolutely. And moving on uh, from our ACC, we'll head to the Big 12. This is a great shootout game here as well. Uh, Oklahoma travels down to Lubbock, Texas, and uh, faces off against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh Tech pulls it off in overtime, 51-48 here. A great win for them. I think this is fantastic for that Texas Tech program. They've had some upset wins this year uh, that have really shaped out to be, you know, what the Big 12 has been this year. And ultimately, uh, they've kind of helped TCU a little bit, you know, get to where they are now with what they've done, uh, what they did to Texas and and some other teams along the way. So I think uh, this is a great win for that Texas Tech program. They're on the rise, 51 points. Uh, is a lot of points. I mean, but it is Big 12 football. And most of the time, you know, we don't see this reached uh, to this extent. I mean, 99 points is is a lot of points. So, I mean, you're sticking around for a lot of fireworks during this game. But I, I feel like, for me, there's a problem with Oklahoma, I think, this season. You know, I think everybody kind of notices it, but nobody's going to talk about it type thing. Uh, Oklahoma's got issues and I think it starts at the coaching level. Um, you know, I, I do get that you get a new coach in there and you're trying to work out some kinks, but come on. I mean, like 48 points and you're still losing a football game is unacceptable uh, from the eyes of most Big 12 and, and most D1 schools in the nation. So, I mean, this is uh, 
this is a fall off season for Oklahoma. They're I think they've kind of started to fall off now, you know, and they, I think they will be down there for the time being until they can get some solid recruiting in there. He did get a transfer quarterback, but the problem is is he can't stay healthy. So I mean, that's that's the biggest problem with Oklahoma, I think Texas Tech great football program. That, that is probably the most uh I would say well-rounded team in the Big 12, I would say, from position to position. It's just a bunch of team players uh, that go out there, and a lot of times those team player teams really do succeed, uh, and in their case they have. I don't know what your thoughts on this game are, but I know you probably paid a little bit more attention to it than I did. I I looked at some of the stuff in the recap after. I I didn't watch this game. Yeah, I I didn't watch it either, uh, but when I saw the the score, I was like, man, this Oklahoma team, you know, I thought that their defense uh, was going to be a lot better. You know, Brent Venables, you know, had one of the best defenses every year uh, at Clemson. Uh, but now, you know, Oklahoma, you know, going into the year, like I mentioned, you know, like their defense should improve. And, you know, it's just the same old deal that was happening with Lincoln Riley. And now that you're seeing, you know, Lincoln Riley and Kale Williams gone, look what USC is doing. So I know that Oklahoma fans are definitely irked of that, you know, who knows, like maybe Oklahoma could have been in that, you know, the way that the Big 12 really shaped up. I mean, there was a lot of shakeup in the Big 12. Like, who would have thought ECU and Kansas State would have been the top two teams? You know, Texas got all the hype. And, you know, Texas Tech, like you mentioned, uh, one of their sets was against that same Texas team. So they went 2-0 and, you know, the Red River beating teams. But, yeah, this was a prototypical Big 12. Uh, I haven't seen uh, many of those. You know, the defense really has shown up more than it has uh, in this conference. But on Saturday afternoon in Lubbock, it was all red. You know, it's back and forth battle. You know, both quarterbacks – Played a whale of a game, but the defense is in the end just didn't really make a stop. But it, it took uh, Oklahoma missed field goal to really open up the door for Texas Tech uh, to win this game. So you got to give credit to Texas Tech uh, with the win. You know they already clinched a spot in the bowl eligibility. Uh, but this will, you know, get momentum. You know Oklahoma first here. Brent Venables, you know six and six. You know with the talent that they had, I know that they lost their star quarterback, but you bring in a guy like Dylan Gabriel who's can win at UCF so I feel like you know we're given a lot of talk about you know how like the down you know like my how Miami's been struggling that's probably worse than what Oklahoma has because Miami you bring in a new coach you have Tyler Van Dyke you know the ACC wasn't as strong as it was last year now that we're seeing with you know like the likes of Wake Forest and NC State uh so yeah disappointing year for Oklahoma and you just got to look yourself in the mirror going into the offseason yeah, and, you know, getting away from this game into the the biggest game of the weekend, the game. Uh, yeah, the game, as they say. Uh, number three, Michigan, the Wolverines headed to Columbus to play the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes in the horseshoe. Uh, you know, this game was a good game through about three quarters. Uh, you know, Ohio State stuck with Michigan. Michigan just ran the football. Well. And, you know, that really was that was the key. You know, we talked about last week. I said if Michigan's going to win this football game, they got to be able to run the football. Uh, and, and they had no problem with it. I mean, they collapsed Ohio State's edge rushers. Really, they had trouble uh, getting to the running backs. You know, Edwards played in a fantastic game out of the backfield. Uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy played a well-rounded, balanced game. Uh, nothing too crazy, nothing too uh, conservative. You know, it was right, right even kill the whole way, and I'm pretty sure that's how they – drew it up for him uh, to do that, you know, in high pressure situations, give it to the running back and, and let him go to work. And Michigan's done that really well this year. So, I mean, uh, this, I don't think anybody saw this coming a, a 45 to 23 
uh, blowout win. I mean, a, a 22 point win against your rival. Uh, I, I feel like it's also kind of a, a more of a defensive win for uh, Michigan. You know, your defense comes up big twice in the fourth quarter to really stretch this lead out. And of course they want to pour salt on the wound because, uh, because of that rivalry. So I, I think that uh, Ohio state has some stuff to, to go back and look at. I mean, they're banged up a little bit, so I do understand. Uh, but another thing is, is, you know, a lot of that Ohio state is a really good football team. I mean, that's the thing about it. They, I mean, they're putting up 50 plus a week. I mean, granted they weren't playing the best teams in the country, but you know, they're putting up 50 plus a week. Putting up 40 here should have been no problem for them, but it seemed like they struggled to, to figure it out off, offensively. So yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I just feel like this is a, a learning and teaching moment for Ryan Day and CJ Stroud uh, going forward. And, and I think we'll see some offseason changes within the coaching staff just a little bit, maybe a couple. Uh, of course, Ohio State likes to stick their vanilla coaching style. Uh, so we might see something different, but we might not. But a great win for Michigan here on the road. Yeah, I feel like I was just watching last year's game all over again. I mean, it was a slow start for Michigan and J.J. McCarthy. Ohio State, you know, controlled that game. And Michigan, all of a sudden, you know, they take deep shots and they, they get uh, two back-to-back touchdowns to really flip the script. And like you mentioned, you know, Blake Corum, you know, started the game, uh, but you knew you could tell off the rip that he wasn't 100%. Uh, so they, they decided to bench him. I think he re injured. Uh, he got re injured. Got to give tip your cap to Donovan Edwards. I mean, I know that he's the backup, but he needs more credit. I mean, all the hype has been around the Heisman of, of Blake Corum. Uh, but Donovan Edwards had a terrific day. Two touchdowns, over 200 yards are rushing at and just control the line of scrimmage once again. And that's what wins you these big games is controlling both the defensive and the offensive line of scrimmage. And, you know, Ohio State, not Jackson Smith and Jigba, was definitely crucial, you know, for most of this season. I mean, we were talking for several weeks like, oh, this Michigan team is not that good. And then they show you and they're pretty good. They might be better than last year's team. And now we're seeing, you know, Kate McNamara entering the transfer portal. So it's looking like that Jay. The freshman quarterback is going to be the guy. Maze uh, in, in yellow, it's in the maze and blue. Sorry, I, the maze to me is is blue, so I get confused with that. But yeah, not really, the question that I have is, you know, this is a bad loss, you know, for, for Ohio State. We're going to find out in a couple of minutes if they still have a path uh, to the playoff. You know, are they going to be number five still? Or are they going to be uh, number six? I'm sure that we'll get that answer here in a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. As Tyler hinted to, you know. Throughout this show, of course, this is uh, a part of our live show right now. We're on Tuesday night, of course. We're mainly on Mondays. Tyler had a game, and I had some stuff going on, so we really yeah. couldn't. Uh, we really couldn't do it last uh, yesterday afternoon at three. So uh, we picked up uh, here on Tuesday night. But of course, two to, Tuesday nights at six o'clock Central Time, at least uh, for y'all on the East Coast at seven. Uh, for the college football playoff rankings, do come out in about twenty minutes, as Tyler said. So I will. Uh, be updating you guys live throughout the show on uh, those rankings and where people sit and kind of give you our opinion and talk about those teams a little bit throughout the show. Uh, But of course we'll move along and we'll keep going and see where we get to once that kicks off and we get some names and teams rolling in. Uh, So that takes us off to our next one, Tyler, you know, to the PAC 12 Oregon state gets a big touchdown or I'm sorry, it's a four point win. I was looking at it wrong. They get a four point win over uh, their rival, the Oregon Ducks, uh, you know, Oregon, this was one of those games I felt was a trap game 
for Oregon. Oregon State's a really good team this year. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, us talking today, you know, nine and three season for for Oregon State is a fantastic year uh, in the Pac-12 for them. Uh, you know, Oregon was sitting at number nine. You know, they put up thirty-four points, but once again, defense cannot get it done. Um, you know, and, and if you're going to win some football games, defense has to get it done. Uh, Oregon State came into it ranked number 21. They took care of business. I think being at home was the difference in this one. Felt a little more comfortable. Um, and all the credit goes to uh, Oregon State's defense in the end there. You know, they get a huge stop at the end of this game and uh, ultimately seal the deal. So I, I feel like you know Oregon State can be a team, you know, that dark horse team in the Pac-12. Uh, and, and I think the Beavers will be there uh you know, next year and the next year, they think, you know, you keep competing like this and you're at a smaller school, guys are going to start going there uh, and they're going to start taking it to uh, take taking their talents over to some of the smaller schools just to get playing time, you know, at that time. And you might get a start. So uh, all the credit to to uh, Oregon State and the Beavers in this one. A lot of credit for Oregon State. I mean, they were left to dead. You know, a lot of the hype in the Pac-12 has been a USC and Oregon State's on their way to to nine three years, so a really good season for. I mean, Oregon was up in this game; they controlled it. They're up thirty one to ten. I was like, "Uh oh, this is Oregon's going to their ticket to the Pac twelve championship." And our pick uh, of the Beavers uh, pulling off the upset isn't going to look too good. So, but you're on the screen thirty eight to thirty four. I mean, this team is just resilient. That's all I can think of. I mean. The way that their defense, you know, their defense didn't look too great. I mean, they gave up thirty one points early. They've made some adjustments after the second quarter. They were able to lock it down, and they were able to hand the ball off effectively. They were able to be balanced. Like, in the first half, they were just a completely different team. And so you got to give credit to Oregon State. They're definitely going to be a dark horse, you know, especially with Washington. That's been a team that's just going to sneak up uh, on you as well. You know, they beat Washington State in the App Cup, finishing uh, at 10-2, and two, and they could be on their way to the Rose Bowl, depending on if USC uh, beats Utah. But – yeah, a lot of marks uh, for Oregon. I mean, they've really had their way in this game. I mean, if you win this game, you go on and face the Pac-12 championship. And if you win that one, you'll probably get into the Rose Bowl. But now, I mean, it's probably going to be going to the Alamo Bowl, a bowl game like that. So this is definitely uh, a loss that's not only going to affect real season hopes, uh, but their bowl hopes uh, as well. So, But got to give credit to the Beavers. Uh, they deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, moving back down to the South, uh, a great one here. This is another SEC-ACC matchup here. The unranked South Carolina Gamecocks, uh, they go into Clemson, who was ranked at number eight, kind of sitting there on the fence. Uh, where, you know, with this win, would they have consideration to make the playoff? You know, is there is there a way, you know, with Ohio State losing, was there a way for them to get in and a path to get in? Uh, but those hopes were dashed by once again, by the South Carolina Gamecocks, uh, thirty-one to thirty. Here they get the big win. Uh, fantastic game for Spencer Rattler, uh, as as we stated last week. You know, I won't spend long talking about South Carolina, but this is a great season for them. Uh, fantastic for Shane Beamer and that team. I feel like, you know, his his remarks after the game in the press conference were the best. You know, uh, talking about how the committee should really look at South Carolina's season. Uh, and South Carolina kind of made their own playoff out of all of it in mm-hmm. the end and uh, really had a great season, and they'll build from it, and they'll be back in SEC contention, I feel like, in the East, uh, hopefully giving Georgia a run for their money. And it, uh, 
it's about time I think we see Clemson start to fall off a little bit. They're losing games that they need to be winning by two touchdowns. I mean, that's that's the thing about it. And uh, it wasn't just a fluke. I mean, you beat Tennessee the, the previous week, who's ranked at five. You go in and you go to Clemson and say, hey, we can do it again. And you, you get a one-point victory on the road. So uh, great for, for uh, the USC Gamecocks here. I think it's uh, fantastic what they've done with this season and turned it into an eight and four good, good year and going to get a good bowl game out of it. Yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, Clemson did have their way. Uh, they did have to the playoff, but now those hopes are, are dashed by losing to the rival. I mean, South Carolina coming off of a big win, you could have just laid flat up, but they fight. though did control this, this first half. I mean, DJ Uangale wasn't looking great. It was just handing the ball off, uh, to your guy, Will Shipley. He's really been the main ball. You know, Uangale has not been great. I mean, he had a, a good first half of the season, but the second half, he's been playing like, uh, you know, his yourself. And like you mentioned, you know, are we really seeing a Clemson fall? I mean, last year we've seen them lose two games in the regular season. Once again, two games uh, as well. So now they're just on back to going 10 and 2 and haven't made the playoff, uh, which will now be, uh, you know, their second straight season of not making the playoff. So, it's definitely a question. We'll see if they can handle their business against North Carolina, a team that's on the spiral as well. But you got to give credit to South Carolina special teams in this one. You know, that punt with two minutes left really sealed the deal. Uh, Antoine Wells Jr. had a good game, 131 yards, two touchdowns. And like you mentioned, Spencer, I mean, in the end, it, like the stat line wasn't pretty, but he got the job done. And the best thing about this was South Carolina did Clemson's rule. They stormed the field and on their home, not only on their home stadium, so they stormed the field on back games, but at Clemson Stadium, who uh, their tradition is storming the field. So I definitely love that. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> way to take, take advantage of the opportunity yes. there uh, and spoil their party. So great for them. Uh, of course, you guys know we close out the recap with our group of five. And, of course, this is really the the end-all, be-all here for uh, the American mm. and who was going to host for the American championship uh, that we'll be discussing here in a couple minutes. But uh, Tulane gets a field goal victory over the Cincinnati Bearcats in Cincinnati. This is a great win for Tulane. Uh, Tulane really should be a one-loss team, I think. Yeah. Uh, this year, I mean, you lose a tough and weird game uh, in a in a rivalry game against Southern Miss. I, you know, I think that this is a great building block for them going into the American Championship. Um, Tulane's a fantastic team on defense too, and, and I think the best defensive team in the American by far. Uh, Secondary is unbelievable. Linebackers are great. Uh, you know, Cincinnati played a good, hard-fought game here. I mean, holding Tulane to 27 points uh, deserves a little bit of credit, uh, but losing games at home in Cincinnati has not been uh, on the menu recently. So I, I think that uh, Tulane was happy to go in in the green wave, uh, take over the Cincinnati Bearcats in this one, 27-24. Man, I wish I would roll with the wave. I don't know why I went off the train. and I was rolling with Tulane for so many weeks. And I just thought, you know, at home, Cincinnati with their defense – We'll be able to stop Tulane and Michael Pratt, you know, the veteran quarterback had a really good game. And then the, the defense is just everything uh, that Tulane has become, you know, going from two and 10 now, you know, you know, hosting the American athletic Ch- uh, championship in a rematch against UCF, a team that they lost to two weeks ago in 
Stadium. And they did get some good news. Uh, Coach Willie Fritz isn't going to Georgia Tech. I know that there was rumors there. So they're able to be getting their, he- their head coach back uh, for a very long time. And now if they win, they're going to go uh, to either the Cotton Bowl or, or the Orange Bowl. What a story uh, that would be for the Green Wave in Cincinnati. I know that we'll get to the news about their head coach uh, leaving uh, for a Power 5 uh, program. So we'll see, uh, you know, what the Cincinnati program will now become. Fickle is out the door, but this was a really good game. I mean, this is prototypical American. I mean, 27-24, you know, grinded out game uh, the fourth quarter. I mean, both teams uh, shared the lead as well, but in the end, you got to tip your ass what a story it's been. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fantastic for Tulane, and uh, they really, I think, will be the king of the American here in the near future, and of course, uh, are on the doorstep right now. Uh, Of course, that is our recap there. We're going to get to, of course, our uh, bowl project or prediction or that's later on in the show. We'll talk about our bowl predictions at the end of the show. Uh, but of course, next we get into our games of the week. And of course, their championship conference championship games of the week. Uh, of course, as we got some stuff rolling in from the top 25 now uh, from the committee, they've got some top 25 stuff rolling in now. I'll just, uh, since we got a little bit of a break in here, yep. I'll roll through 21 through 25 here. Uh, you know, 25, you got NC State uh, moves up from an unranked spot. Uh, Mississippi State with their big uh, Egg Bowl win, they move up to 24 from unranked at 8 and 4. Uh, North Carolina, after their loss, drops down six spots to 23 uh, at 9-3, and three, so they'll be in a tough one against Clemson uh, that we'll get to. And uh, UCF stays right where they are, right at 9-3 and three, uh, at number 22. And Notre Dame at 21 will round out uh, at 20. Um, and, of course, we got some other ones coming in from 16 through 20. Uh, Texas at 20 moves up three spots. Uh, with their win, uh, South Carolina moves up to 19 from unranked uh, at eight and good, four. So a great season for them. Tulane, as we just mentioned, uh, from moving up one spot from 19 to 18, uh, UCLA moves up one to 17 from 18 as well. Oregon, with their loss to Oregon mm. State in that Civil War battle, uh, they move down seven spots to 16. So, uh, you know, there's your your. You've got to be seeing uh, the Beavers coming up at 15, and that should mean that Oregon State's above them. So that would be yeah. something for Oregon State. It could be, uh, you know, if they get up to the top 15, that could be a better bowl position as well. You, you can't forget about that, especially as we head uh, into to our next phase of football. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, now you get 11 through 15, come in right at 15 is Oregon State. Right. You know, I mean, 9-3 and three season, fantastic for them. Uh, the LSU Tigers do fall down nine spots to 14 at nine and three uh, with their loss on the road. Uh, so at Texas A&M, uh, moving up three spots to 13 is Florida State, a good season for them at nine and three. Uh, Washington moves up one spot to 12, sneaking up in there into the top 15 Man. at 10 and two. Uh, I thought that they would be top 10. Yeah, and of course at number 11, uh, moving up three spots is Utah at nine and three, really the top one of the top ranked nine and three teams this year, you know, uh, a loss to Florida to start the year looks bad on their resume, of course. Uh, and it just, it's kind of all over the place for them. And they've got a tough one against USC that we'll, we're going to talk about. Um, and of course we'll probably have a little break here for the top 10, uh, shortly. So, I, you know, it is something to talk about, you know, we get into these conference championship things and really the makeup of this college football playoff ranking right here is kind of, 
determined what we're looking at here in the championship weeks, Tyler. I mean, I know we're going to get to a lot of championship here. Uh, and the first one is a not too talked about one. You know, North Texas is uh, headed to UTSA. UTSA is was ranked at 23 um, here. They are unranked on the college football playoff. Uh, so they are having an unranked matchup here in Conference USA. Um, you know, I think UTSA, I think, can seal the deal on this one pretty easily. They they have the fastest growing offense, I think, outside of the Power Five. Uh, I think it'll be a good win for them, uh, of course, playing at home since it is in the group of five. Uh, so I've got UTSA in this one. I think they handle business pretty easily. I'm going to go 31-14 in this one. Uh, just because of, I think North North Texas has a tough time getting the offense going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, UTSA, uh, they're just a really balanced. They can they can throw the ball through the air and they can uh, defense. So I think that at home in the Alamo Dome. I mean, North Texas, you've had a good made it all the way to the Conference USA Championship, but I can't go against my preseason pick. I had UTSA. I had UAB making the Conference USA Championship, but with new head coach, they haven't been having the season. Uh, that they hope for. So I think that UTSA uh, will get this one pretty easily. I think they win this one 35 to 17 uh, over the mean green. Yeah. And of course we talked about the PAC 12 just a second ago with Utah. Uh, they'll be battling up against the number four ranked USC Trojans. We'll see where they are. Uh, of yep. course, Utah does. These are all AP. Uh, yeah. Rankings. yeah. I mean, these are all AP. So Utah does move up one spot to 11. Um, so we'll see how, uh, that plays out for them in this one. Of course, we'll see where USC sits at. Uh, but this is going to be a great game, I think. I picked the upset in this one. I've got Utah winning this one in Vegas. I think uh, I think they really have a lot of momentum uh, in this. And, and they're a great football team, underrated football team. Of course, the highest ranked, one, the second highest ranked nine and three team. So uh, really, really moving along quite well. So I've got Utah and Cam Rising. I think a lot of experienced offense here. Of course, they did get the win. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in this one at home in overtime. So uh, I think they know what's going to happen here, and I think they're going to be ready for Lincoln Riley and that that uh, Caleb Williams offense as well. We're not surprised so, to see Utah in the Pac-12 yeah. championship because we both had them in the playoff uh, before that season. Yeah. If only they... I, I, I'm going to – and the thing about it is, is – you know, this game was close before. I think Utah wins by a touchdown in this yeah. one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 34-27. Uh, I just feel like Utah, if they get going, is gonna be hard to stop them. Yeah, I mean, we saw this game. This is a rematch, and I mean, it really, it literally took uh, what a Utah two point conversion uh, to beat USC the first time. So we'll see if they can do it again. I think that Utah's defense has to be able to come to play in this one. They can't afford to get into another shootout. I do think that Utah. At quarterback uh, to beat USC. They already showed it with Cam Rising. Uh, you know, he's had an up and down uh, season. I, I, you know, coming into the season, I was so on Utah. That I even said that Cam Rising, you know, put sprinkle a lot of money on him and, you know, being in the Heisman Trophy race, but that didn't happen. And the flip side, Cale Williams is pretty much a lock for the Heisman uh, winner. But I got to go with the momentum, got to ride the momentum of how hot USC has been. I think that this is going to be another high scoring shootout as well. But in the end, uh, it, like I always say, it's always tough to beat a team twice. I think that USC is going to get their revenge. You know, it was close. It was close battle. I expect this one to be close as well. I'll go 38 to 35 this time in a field goal game. I'll give the Trojans and they book their ticket uh, into the college football playoff. Yeah, um, 
you know, we'll have a little stoppage here, of course, because our next team that we're talking about is a, is a Big 12 matchup for the Big 12 championship. Uh, 10 through ten through 7 has come out. Uh, sitting at number 10 uh, right now is K-State that we'll be referencing to. They did move up two spots to number 10. They are the highest ranked 9-3 and three team uh, out in the land uh, right now. So uh, they are sitting right there at 9-3 and three at number 10. At number 9, Clemson does fall down one spot after their one-point loss at home to South Carolina. I had a feeling they weren't going to move very far, so they do move down uh, one spot to number 9. Uh, at number 8, Penn State does move up three spots from 11 to 8, uh, so the Nittany Lions will be there for a New Year's 6, possibly. Uh, it looks like it's evident, so uh, they had a solid season at, at 10 and 2 as well, and Tennessee rounds out uh, 7 through 10 at number 7 uh, with their blowout win against Vanderbilt uh, in a big one there so uh, I think it really is going to shape up now now you know where you sit at seven through ten so you know once you get one through six we work our way backwards so you go six to one uh and things and then we'll have a lot to talk about here as they start rolling in um you know and as we speak six and five roll in so you know at six uh you've got Alabama does move up one spot to number six from uh seven they'll move up there yeah it uh with LSU's loss, they do take uh, another leap up there to one spot. Um, of course, I think it's kind of evident we kind of figured out what we would know in this one and uh, a lot of hype around it. But uh, at number five, you know, you got uh, Ohio State does drop down three spots to number five with their loss, a blowout loss to, at home against Michigan. So they sit outside the top four. Um, so a lot to, to think about there with them. You know, the path. Uh, Pretty simple. You got to root yeah. for a USC or a TCU loss, and they're in. Absolutely, yeah. And TCU does crack that top four. So I mean, TC, uh, you, I'm sorry, USC does crack the top four. They do get to that, the number four spot with a two two point jump up there from six to four. So uh, you know, they seem like they're going to have a battle probably against Georgia, um, and yeah, it will be against Georgia. Georgia does stay at one. Uh, so Georgia will stay at one. Michigan does stay at two, and TCU does stay right there at three. So I mean, there's your there are your top four. I honestly, teams. would take that playoff as it is. That would be two great matchups that we would get. You would get Georgia versus going up against a high-powered USC offense. Michigan TCU. I feel like those are two balanced teams. They got a good defense, and they can give you a, a lot of trouble uh, in the running game. They got two talented quarterbacks. Honestly, okay. I would take that playoff right there, and you get. Really, TCU, USC haven't made the playoff appearance. We saw Georgia and Michigan, you know, last Georgia ended up winning the national title. But really, those are four new teams that we haven't seen. That would just be great for college football. And, I mean, that would honestly silence uh, the expansion uh, for at least a season. Yeah, for at least a year, uh, you know, we get something a little different, and I'm happy about that. You know, I'm I'm part of the I'm different club uh, when it comes to uh, the college football playoff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was kind of evident what we thought was going to happen. It did happen. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, conference championships is one of those and getting back to our conference championships, you know, we'll, we'll go there to the big 12 uh, with K state and TCU facing off. Really? This is, this is the big, the big dog for, uh, for TCU, you know, you're sitting at three, you cannot lose this game. You know, if you lose this game, you are outside um, looking in. So, I mean, you would fall down, and arguably be playing in the Sugar Bowl um, if that is the case. So, you know, I, I think uh, 
K-State has an opportunity to spoil the party. K-State has offense, and they've got defense. I mean, that's really how they win games. Uh, they, I think they're the best, uh, second-best defensive uh, Big 12 team in the country. I feel like uh, they have what it takes. You've got an experienced veteran quarterback there, um, a veteran running back who can't be stopped in Deuce Vaughn. So I, I think uh, K-State has a real opportunity to win this game. TCU, on the other hand here, with Max Duggan and, and what they've had, what they've had go for them and a young fiery offense uh, that really just goes out there and gets it. So uh, it'll be a great game here. I'm probably going to take TCU. I think they get the three point win in this one. Uh, it's very close, but it is three points. I'm going to go 38, 35 in this one. Uh, yeah. to keep TCU there in the top four. Yeah, that's a great pick. I mean, TCU has, I mean, scared us so many times. I know that I've been, you know, I've been on the TCU training. I, I picked a couple upsets uh, as well. You know, I beat them to, to beat Texas, but I'll, you know, pick them uh, to lose one or two times uh, in the season. One of them, uh, actually, I picked them to, in, in, to beat TCU uh, to beat uh, Kansas State. But going back to that game, it was very similar to what we just saw this past week with Oregon and Oregon State. Kansas State controlled the first half, and then TCU, you know them. They don't. They'll they'll fight for four quarters, and they'll do anything possible. You saw it in the Baylor game. They had to run out their kicking uh, staff uh, to get out there to, to win the game. I expect this one to bring us some fireworks. I think this is going to be the game of the weekend here in the Big Twelve Championship. This in the Pac twelve and the Big Twelve is pretty much a de facto playoff semifinal. USC wins their end. TC wins their end. But for Kansas State, they're pretty much locked in into the Sugar Bowl win or lose because. TCU wins, so that means that Kansas State, they'll be the highest-ranked Big 12 team. I don't really see any others. I mean, Texas, they're not going to fall below them. Uh, so Kansas State's going to be locking to the Sugar Bowl win or lose here because even if they game and TCU does play off, uh, they would get the bid because they won the Big 12 championship. So there's a lot to play for for both teams, uh, like you mentioned. I mean, Max Duggan versus Adrian Martinez, and like you mentioned, Deuce Vaughn. So there's a lot of veteran, both on defense and offense for K-State. TCU, they, they've just been a team that you really can't pick against, but I am. I went with a pick uh, in the sports scramble. I'm going to stick with it. I'll go K-State. Pulling off an upset, I mean, this has just been a season of chaos, and I feel like we're not quite finished yet. So I'm going to go uh, with State 31 to 30, they get the one point victory in what will be a close game that could come down to the last possession. Yeah, that can't get much closer than a one point because uh, <laughs> there are no half points handed out in the sport of football. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a, a bold pick for you there, of course. Uh, these teams are very closely matched as they did play earlier in the year. I mean, it's it's really tough. I mean, K State had a huge lead in this one and blew it in the second half, and uh. They want some revenge, so I, I see no problem with, with your upset pick there. Uh, but, of course, we're going to go down to the itty-bitties, of course, once again, and we're going to Toledo and Ohio facing action. off in the MAC championship. We got to love our matching a little bit. Uh, so uh, Toledo and Ohio are going to go at it in this one. I, I feel like uh, this is a sure for me. Um, I feel good about it just because of their time they've spent in this bowl game or in this championship game. I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm going to go with the Toledo Rockets. I, I, I think they win this one. Uh, it, it's been an up and down season for Ohio. They're just, 
they're just the, that number two team that get in, and that's the thing about it. Uh, I, I like Toledo in this one in a big win here. I think they put up 30 easily. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 33 to 17. Uh, I think they can, can handle business just fine. Yeah. This is a class of the Mac right here. The Toledo Rockets and the Ohio. Bats. I think this is going to be a great game uh, to start off uh, the weekend here on the Mac. And it's the Maction's always been great. Uh, everyone has been rolling on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And by the time that Saturday rolls, they're already planning it up for next week. And that's a good thing about the Mac, but I know that you mentioned that Ohio State, I mean, not Ohio State, Ohio has, has been, oh gosh, I hate that I said that now. Ohio fans are going to be coming at me. Uh, but Ohio has been 9-3, and three, and they're, I feel like a lot of people are going to pick the Rockets, but I'm going to lean uh, with the green here. I'm going to go with the Bobcats. I think Ohio gets the job done. Toledo has been there, done that in the MAC championship. I think it's a time uh, and they get it done. They win the MAC. Give me uh, them to win 33 to 28 against the Rockets. A close one there. So, yeah, I I, uh, I think that's going to be a good one in the match. We love our match, and, of course, you know, as you mentioned. So we'll be paying attention to that one uh, with our eyes glued to the TV. And, of course, uh, when we're glued to the TV, it's we got to go to the Sun Belt Fun Belt. Uh, and, of course, it is uh, the Coastal Carolina. Uh, they're – playing against Troy here. Troy will host the Sunbelt Championship uh, in this one. So I think, uh, you know, James Madison did put up a really good fight in the division against uh, Coastal Carolina. Of course, they're not eligible for I championship hate that rule. because of – Give yeah. them the opportunity to play for a championship. <laughs> but they won two, and they won that division. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like uh, James Madison will be the team – uh, in the future to give Coastal Carolina some trouble. And I think Coastal knows it. So this is their last opportunity to do it uh, with less stress. And and I think Coastal does get it done on the road at Troy. Troy's a tough place to play against the Trojans. I, I think that Coastal uh, can win this game by a touchdown. So I, I'm going to go with a touchdown. I'm going to go 28-21 in this one uh, for Coastal Carolina to, to win this one. Yeah, there's a lot of firepower on both offenses. I mean, Grayson McCall uh, for Coastal Carolina, I feel like, has been there for 10 years uh, already for the Chanticleers. And like you mentioned, this could be the last chance. James Madison has already shown their mind. Last week, they blew the doors off of this team, 41-7. to It wasn't even close. Troy, on the other hand, uh, this against Arkansas State, a team that has talent but just hasn't put together uh, this season of staff. Uh, we're having another disagreement here. I'm going to go Troy in this one, uh, um, they're a heavy favorite. They're a 10-point favorite. I checked Vegas uh, before uh, we did this show. So I think that this will be ultimately a close game. I mean, Coastal Carolina has just been up and down. I just can't head around. So I'm going to go with Troy. I think that their defense uh, will be able to shut down that that high-powered offense that Coastal brings. So I'll go Troy in this one. I'll go 31 to, to 20. I think that they get the job done. And uh, the Troy Trojans uh, will be the, your Sun Belt champs. Yeah, great season for them. Turn around uh, to a ten and two season, so be a fantastic Sunbelt Championship win for them uh, in that one. And of course, we're going to go to the American next. Uh, UCF sits at twenty two right now. Tulane does bump them up one spot there to seventeen. So uh, this will be a great game here, I think. Uh, UCF, like we said, is like solving a Rubik's cube. Uh, I- I'm not sure what to think about them in the Knights. I, I just. Uh, 
I, them ranked just feels weird uh, with the losses that they've had. Uh, so I'm going to roll with Tulane in this one again. I, I've been on the green wave most of the year, and I'm going to stick with them. I think Tulane being at home is the difference, of course, and I think they jump out, jump out to a quick lead in this one. UCF, their defense has to get going earlier. They're going to get behind. Uh, so I, I think Tulane takes advantage of the opportunity with a veteran quarterback there. Fantastic defense. UCF has trouble scoring the football in this one. Uh, and I'm going to have Tulane win it pretty big here. Uh, so I'm going to go 38 to 14 uh, in a big win in the American Conference. Yeah, we saw the same matchup, like I mentioned earlier in the show, too, in the same stadium. UCF dominated that game. I know it was only a touchdown win, 38 to 31. Both offenses had their way. But Tulane's not going to make that same mistake again. They won their against UCF. That was probably one of their worst games, of the Southern Miss game. So I'm sticking with the Green Wave this week. I'm not picking against them anymore, probably until the bowl season, whoever they face. Uh, but I'm going to go uh, with the Green Wave in this one against John Ross Plumley. I think that they'll look at the – they. I know that they looked at, you know, the, the film after that game. They're going to learn what they did wrong. They're going to put it on the field. I think they win. I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be as big as – out as you're projecting at UCF it's still a very good football team I know that they've been a hard one to predict uh, like Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt but I'm gonna go Tulane in the 34 to 27 I think they get the touchdown victory at home and uh, claim the AAC championship uh, and head their way on to New Year Six and we'll head out west Fresno State and Boise State will be taking it on in the Mountain West Conference I, I think this is the biggest curveball of them all in, in this big heap of mess is the Mountain West. Uh, and, of course, Fresno turned their season around after an abysmal start to the year, playing some tough teams. Uh, they turn out an 8-4 and four season. Uh, for Boise State, undefeated in the Mountain West Conference, and I think that's the big fact looking at this game here. Boise State will be playing on the blue field at home. I, I think that they win this game uh, – convincingly I think they win by two touchdowns in this game Boise is is a pesky team that really can get it done on both sides of the football I'm going to give them the 35 uh, to 21 win in this one it uh, it's a great season for them and and a big bounce back I did watch their game on the blue field with the blue unis uh, and that was kind of fun to watch but uh, I'm going to roll with the Broncos yeah, Boise State in the preseason was not getting any love. Air Force was a majority pick, and, you know, they've just been under the radar and all the way into an 8-0 record in the side. You know, Fresno State, to win their division, even without the starting quarterback, uh, he got injured early in the season, was out for the year. So to be able to go through that adversity is definitely huge. But we're going to pick against Boise State at the blue field, especially in a big game like this. I think it, Boise State, I think – it's going to dominate Fresno State. I think that Fresno State has the offense to contend with them, but their defense really won't have any answers. So I'll go Boise State in this one. I'll go 35-21. to 21. I think that Boise State controls this game from start to finish, uh, and they'll claim the Mountain West uh, title. I don't know that they got in this. I feel like Boise State's uh, Mountain West. Might as well call it the, Boise, the, the Blue Mountain West. Yes, yeah. Boise State has run this conference for a long time. Uh, and I expect them to win this one convincingly, as do you. Uh, of course, to the Big Bad SEC next. Uh, you know, this matchup is not as Address crazy as we <laughs> Yeah, uh, not as crazy as uh, we imagined it all to be. Uh, of course, LSU does fall 
down outside of the top 10, obviously, and uh, outside of the top 15 as well. So I, I think this uh, is was going to be a big game. I mean, if, if LSU does win last week, this we're talking this game might have playoff implications for LSU. I think Georgia would get in regardless, just a matter of where they would have been in the top four, and we've speculated on that for weeks. Uh, but, of course, they did not come to pass. So I, I think uh, – I think Georgia wins this game pretty convincingly. The, the The issue with LSU is they're not healthy. It's staying healthy. I mean, they have the Ohio State bug um, in the sense that they need to get healthy. They need to get right. Um, they look good for five, six weeks there and really were rolling, and then all of a sudden the wheels fell off. So I think uh, LSU is going to go back to the drawing board knowing they had a good season, uh, knowing that Brian Kelly is your guy going forward uh, and, and for Georgia, I think it's going to be uh, another cakewalk here. I'm sorry guys, but yeah, it's uh, I think Georgia wins this one. I'm going to go 38, uh, 17. Um, just too much firepower from Georgia on both sides of the football. Yeah. You don't have to this one, but yeah, like you mentioned, this has lost a lot of black, especially for LSU's a loss to a four and seven at Texas A&M, just an embarrassing loss. Not only is this like I know that I was saying for weeks that LSU wasn't going to be in the first place, but two weeks ago I was getting a, a sense, you know, that maybe this game could be closer. You know, LSU is going to be playing for a potential playoff berth. Georgia, if they lose, they're in the playoff no matter what. So LSU probably could have more to play. They still have a lot to play for. Win uh, gets them a, a berth, but this would have. One of them sets in college football. I mean, Georgia is a 17 and a half point favorite. No one's really going to, I don't think that anyone's going to be picking LSU unless uh, your name is Chet. <laughs> so he's probably going to be like the only one on this planet earth uh, picking LSU. But you don't have to be sorry. I have LSU winning the exact same score as you do. Not Georgia, actually, uh, 38 to 17. I think that the dogs, this one, they show uh, once again why that they're going to be in the national championship discussion again. I just feel like LSU's offense hasn't been too consistent and you're against uh, one of the best uh, defenses in the country not a recipe for success uh, if you're the purple and gold uh yes and and, and i agree can we yeah yeah as as his mom says yeah we uh we'll stop talking about it as of right now uh, uh of and then we'll toward... get to it uh, at eight o'clock on sec talk once again yeah <laughs> tyler has to get to it again uh and i have we'll go more uh, acts to that sec and... base Yes, and I have cut it down right there. Uh, and, of course, moving on. No stress needed. And this one, Purdue and Michigan are facing off in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. Per usual, um, your weak team in the Big Ten West is up against your powerhouse Big Ten East team. Um, issue is here, you know, I want to I want to keep going back to that Illinois game against Michigan. Um, and Illinois played a really good game there, you know, a really good offense. Defense played fantastic. Only problem is here is Purdue's defense is not as stout as Illinois' defense. Not as good as last so, year's defense for a Loftus. No. No, yeah. I, I feel like this game here for the Boilermakers, uh, of course they want to spoil, spoil Michigan's party here, and really if you spoil this, no Big Ten team is in, uh, you know, no. regardless of what uh, happens here. And I think you reopen the door for somebody like, uh, excuse me, somebody like uh, Alabama. So I, I, I think uh, that's there's a big chance there that that happens. So uh, if Purdue 
wants to win this game, they got to be able to move the football. You've got a veteran quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. I know you've been really, you were really high on him to start the season and, and Purdue season kind of fell backwards uh, a long ways, but you know, they still do come out on top of the big 10, big 10 West. Uh, just knowing that everybody else has had a rough, rough season. So uh, I'm going to take Michigan in it though. They're the number two team in the country. I can't, I can't go against them only because of them putting up 45 on the road in Columbus. Uh, Michigan gets the big win here. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 42, 24. Um, it just seems like another blowout win here. They're able to move the football and, uh, they'll be back to back been big 10 champions. Yeah. What's high on Purdue? I picked them to win the big in West and here they are. I mean, for several weeks, is it going to be Illinois? Is it going to be Wisconsin and Iowa? And then all of a sudden it's, it's Purdue, especially with Iowa losing to Nebraska last week and Purdue taking care of business uh, against uh, Indiana. So, I mean, Michigan, we, we just saw what they did against a really good Ohio State team. They put it on them. If they can run the football effectively, then they're going to be a hard team to beat. And like you mentioned, Aiden O'Connell has been up. and He has to play a perfect game uh, for Purdue to even have a chance. One. The only hope that that's given me on, on Purdue's side of really accomplishing this is that Michigan has the number next to their name. Every time that Purdue has played someone in the top five, they all pull out something out, out of their hat. The two top teams that they beat last year, Iowa was ranked number two. Michigan State was also ranked number two, and now Michigan is now ranked number two. But in the end, Michigan's going to flex their muscle. They're going to win this one 41 to 17. Too much uh, Wolverines in this one. Uh, Blake Corum doesn't even have to be healthy in this one. I think that Donovan Edwards. Honestly, if I were Michigan, I would just rest up Blake Corum. I mean, until the college football playoff, that way you have your best player. And then, Jay, put your guy on the field. You know, Donovan Edwards can do the job the way that J.J. McCarthy has been playing down the stretch. I mean, this Michigan team, I mean, like I mentioned, are they better than last year's team? I think so. I I think Michigan is better this year all around position-wise. I think they are a better football team now than they were a year ago. Um, And, of course – Closing out our our uh, championship weekend of games here is the uh, ACC championship game, the number ten Clemson Tigers. They are no longer number ten, uh, and North Carolina there at twenty four. I I just feel like this game. I won't spend long on it. I, I've been king of the ACC recently, so I'm gonna stick with it. I think North Carolina wins this game. Uh, it, it's a weird one. It's in Charlotte. Uh, Clemson has struggled against teams. North Carolina is still a good team. I think the Carolinas uh, go undefeated in this one. And uh, North and South Carolina both get back-to-back big wins over the Clemson Tigers. And Clemson falls down a long way looking at the uh, the preseason projection for next season uh, based on this. And they get a, a cruddy bowl game uh, as the result of it. I cannot get a grasp of both of these teams at all. Uh, and the Clemson offense uh, has been very bad. I mean, Will Shipley has definitely been a positive sign. North Carolina, their defense uh, started out as one of the worst defenses, and all of a sudden, going. To, I know that they lost in double overtime last week against NC State, and then lost to Georgia Tech. I don't even know how this team is still in the top twenty-five. This is not a top twenty-five team at all. I was thinking about pulling off the upset with North Carolina, but I just can't. They just have been looking awful these past two weeks. I love Drake May and what he's been doing this season, but I think they're running here. I think that Clemson 
Wednesday CC Championship uh, once again. This is going to be a defensive battle. I don't really have a lot of points. I do have this one being close still. I'll go uh, 24 to 21. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I failed to mention before, I got a little carried away with the with the rankings before, but uh, our segment uh, for our games of the week, of course, is brought to you by Buffalo by Brewing Company. You guys can check out all of their fun beer and food over there in H-Town in Houston. Uh, great little scenery over there if you guys want to go check them out and all their goodies. I know they're going to have some great stuff rolling out here as we get towards the end of the year. Some winter stuff. Uh, of course, you know, you like your lagers in the winter and stuff like that. So uh, they are going to be uh, having all that for you guys over at www.buffbrew.com. That is www.buffbrew.com. Uh, Tyler, AP top 25 risers and fallers here. Give us one Actually, riser and one faller here. Yeah, top 25, it'll be right. the, yeah, it'll be the college football uh, playoff top 25 here. And uh, who is your riser and your faller? I'll throw them, I'll throw them both at you. Give me your riser first and then your faller. All right, so there's a, a ton of risers uh, in this one, but I'm going to go to the Beavers. I mean, what a win it was in court or, or in the Highlighter Bowl. They both wore all green, and Oregon State pulled out the all orange. If only they had orange a helmet to go with it. But what a program, you know, builder this was. What a season it's been. It's definitely going to build uh, today. And we could see Oregon State uh, being one of the dark horse picks uh, to take. Uh, the Pac-12 uh, championship, and they might be the talk of the town once USC and UCLA leave for the Big Ten. I mean, this could be Oregon's uh, conference uh, win, but moving six spots, number 15, they're in a great position uh, to get a good bowl win. My father is the team right ahead of them is LSU. What an embarrassing loss uh, it was. You, they just fell flat. I mean, the defense didn't really uh, – they didn't want to tackle chain for some reason. I mean, that was one of the better running backs uh, in the SEC, so – not only is this going to hurt, uh, you know, it's like hope of, you know, obviously it crushed their playoff votes. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's all, I don't see really going into the Sugar Bowl. And they have to beat Georgia for that to happen. And with South Carolina nipping at their heels, they could take their spot in the Citrus. So could be falling all the way uh, to the Rye Quest Bowl uh, with a loss against Georgia, depending on the rankings uh, next week. Yeah, for me, my riser has uh, got to be – uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks with their big win over Clemson. I think they're my right. I knew that you were going to go with yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as far as fallers go, uh, my faller is a tough one. You know, there's been a lot of teams uh, that have fallen as a result of some weird losses. Um, I can't pick the same team as you, which is tough because really LSU's losses is really. Uh, the toughest one. I mean, one if you want to, all. go for it. Yeah, and, and it really is the toughest one of them all because it really pulls them way out. But I'll go with Oregon. Uh, I, I think Oregon's loss really dashes their chances for the Rose Bowl. It dashes their chances for a lot of things. So uh, their loss looks really bad for them uh, in that one. So uh, I, I think that is going to be a tough one for them, of course. Uh, moving on from our risers and fallers, we'll go over to our news segment here. And it of course is surrounded by the coaching carousel and it is off and rolling before the season. Is yes. It is going around town already. Like NCAA 14 again with the coaching carousels yeah. back. 
with some big programs here. Uh, Tyler has a fun little typo on the screen and put Wisconsin twice and he doesn't see it. Uh, oh. So, folks, that's going to be me, a great job. Yeah, hold up. I got to change that real quick. Oops. But in other news, uh, in other news, uh, our news segment is brought to you by Fanatics. Uh, if you guys want to go over there and get all of your team gear for the bowl season coming up, if your team's there in the top four, go get you some merch uh, yeah. for the bowl season and, of course, for the college football playoff, and you'll have it there and ready for you once the new year rolls around. Of course, a lot of good Christmas gifts out there that you guys can get now. Uh, it was Cyber Monday yesterday, and I'm sure Fanatics had some great stuff going they on. They did. They had sure a that'll... 30% off site-wide. I wish we were live. That would have been a great time to, to pull out <laughs> Fanatics. But I'm sure we're probably back to 65% off. We, uh, we sure website. are. Yeah, so if you guys want to go over there and uh, get their merch over there at Fanatics, you can check that out. And, of course, the link to that is in our description of our show. Um, Tyler, Moving to our news, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze uh, becomes the next coach over at the Auburn Tigers. Um, I'll run through all three of them. Uh, you know, Luke Fickle is the next head coach for the Wisconsin Badgers leaving uh, Cincinnati, and Matt Rule rolls it out there with the Cornhuskers in uh, Nebraska. Not Wisconsin. Out of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of those three, uh, what do you think is the biggest for that program? I mean, you know, overall. I think for me, it's Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. I already said Sunday show, this is a slam dunk car. I feel like race to Auburn is a second. Well, I, have to, I feel like Matt Rule has always been a wait and see for me. I know that he was able to build up program. It's two of the toughest programs that's win at Temple. Uh, but Nebraska, I mean, they're just rolling through coaches. They just have, and they have a lot of talent and still can't even make a bowl game. So I think that will give them a couple of years. I think that off the bat, though, the way that the Big Ten West has shaped up, getting a coach like Luke Fickle, you know, what he was able to do Addy, I mean, he was the first guy to get a group of five team in the playoff, and that was hard to do. I mean, he's he's got a – just look at that team last year. I mean, there's NFL guys, you know, the most notable ones, Sauce Gardner, you know, I mean, the Jets or the turnaround that they've had, you could – you know, on special on the defensive side has gone around Sauce Gardner, but Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. I feel like Wisconsin is going to be the monster in the Big Ten West uh, and could give uh, people trouble. Not only the Big Ten West, but I could see them. You know, whenever they face off against Michigan and Ohio State. I mean, it's not. I mean, Luke Fickle, he's a defensive guy, so Wisconsin is going to be able uh, to to control that side of the ball. The the question is, is Luke Fickle going to bring in an offensive coordinator uh, that can you know run? A 2020 offense, not a you know Wisconsin offense that we saw with Graham Mertz, uh, you know, losing to Minnesota in that game. But I think that Luke Fickle, that's a slam dunk hire. So Wisconsin A plus. Absolutely, yeah. All three of these programs uh, got some good coaches, some former big coaches. And I couldn't even to... get up words of how get one. They're having me <laughs> losing sentences over here. Uh, but of course, yeah, you know some. Coaches return back to their old conferences. Some move on to bigger and better things. Some return back to the college football scene. Uh, and, of course, you know, that is the news there. I I feel like we do have a question, but I want to I want to do this because um, I do have a speed bump here. But we are at uh, we are at an hour for the show. Uh, and, of course, you guys know that we 
do our uh, bowl projections for the next week, but I do have a speed bump. I have to go vote before the poll the polls close. Uh, I have a local election going on here in a runoff election. Mm. I got to go vote in, so uh, they close in about twenty minutes. So I got to run down and and go vote. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll kick off obviously uh, our next show with some of the recap there, and of course we'll close out with the bowl projections because. Well, if you uh, want to leave, and I'll I'll close it out with a question. Yeah. Yeah, and Tyler, of course, can close it out for the question there. Uh, I do have to run, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll go right off from there. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of good bowls there uh, for teams to take advantage of. And, of course, Tyler, you take it away as always. And I will see you guys, of course, next week. On Monday. I mean, we're going to be talking about all the bowl games. So we'll have them here. So. All right, so now that he's gone, we'll be going to our question of the day, which is who do we have uh, making the New Year's Six Bowl games? Uh, so we'll start with the college football playoffs. As well. We're going to start with the Peach Bowl. This is where I have Georgia, the SEC champs. I think that they handled their business in Atlanta. Weekend. It's going to be a majority of Georgia fans there. I mean, it's in Atlanta, far of a trip down there from Athens. So I think that Georgia undeniably will be the number one seed and. Going from, you know, to the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, that is also in Atlanta as well. So Georgia's going to want the home field advantage. So I think that's an easy pick for me. And then the number four seed, I have Ohio State uh, backdoor in their way. I did have upsetting TCU uh, in the Big 12 championship. I, so with that loss, TCU will be out, and that will open the door for Ohio State uh, to get in there. And then for the Fiesta Bowl is other college football playoff semifinal. I have number two. Michigan, I think they take care of business against uh, Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. And number three, I have USC. I think that USC with Caleb Williams, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, which I am assuming it's pretty much a lock. So those are my top four. I have Georgia one. Number two is Michigan. Three is USC. And then number four, Ohio State. So I have two teams uh, from the Big Ten uh, making the college football playoff. But we will see how things shake out this week's show when we – you know, preview all the bowl games are going from the bottom that starts on December 16th all the way into the college football playoffs. So now we'll go into the other New Year's Six Bowl games. We'll start into the Cotton Bowl. All the larges, there is some conference tie-ins uh, that we'll into. But in the Cotton Bowl, this is where I have Penn State. They're ranked number eight right now. I think that undeniably that they are uh, for the Cotton Bowl. So I have Penn State in the Big Ten, and then I have them in Tulane which I have uh, winning the American Athletic Conference Championship game this weekend against UCF. I think they get done. they get their revenge against UCF. So we'll have Tulane versus in the Cotton Bowl. And then going on to the Orange Bowl, this is where you get some of your conference tie-ins. It's usually the ACC champion and the highest-ranked SEC team outside of the Sugar Bowl. So I'll have Tennessee – uh, making this one, uh, we'll see that I'll, I'll have uh, another team from the SEC making the Sugar Bowl. This is where we see they're sitting at a good spot at number seven. They don't play any more games, so I think that they're going to stay put at number seven going into the bowl season. So I think that even with Finn and Hooker, I think that they they nod uh, with the Orange Bowl the selection committee. Uh, we'll definitely love uh, Tennessee having that. And I have facing off against another Orange team. I have the Clemson Tigers also going into the Orange Bowl. That will be your champs. From the ACC, so they get the automatic bid. Whoever wins the ACC championship game will get into that. So I have Tennessee versus Clemson and the all-orange and the orange meeting up in Miami. And then 
Next one is the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Uh, it is an 11 o'clock a.m. kickoff. These teams will have to grab their morning coffee and then also make uh, some beignets uh, while they're at it as well. But I have Alabama. They'll be the highest-ranked team outside of the SEC champion, which will be Georgia. They're sitting at a pretty good spot. So, barring a you know an LSU upset, I have Alabama uh, in the Sugar Bowl facing off against Kansas State, who will be uh, your Big 12 uh, champs. I have them uh, beating TCU. Uh, I think that's undeniably uh, will be your – it's pretty much, honestly, it's a lock to me, uh, Alabama versus Kansas State. Well, most likely, I would have to get that at least a 90% chance of happening. That's going to be Kansas State versus Alabama. That, for sure, just feels like a lock. No, like I mentioned earlier in the show, no matter what happens, if Kansas State even loses or wins, they'll be in the Sugar Bowl because they'll be the highest-ranked Big 12 team. And then playing the Rose Bowl, it's usually the Pac-12 champion versus the Big 10 champion. But since I have two of those teams making it to the playoff, I'll go with the runner-up. So I have Utah versus uh, – well, I have a little bit uh, of disagreement here. So I actually have to move uh, Penn State to as well now that I think about it I, since I have Ohio State and Michigan. So I have Penn State going up against Utah, and then in the Cotton Bowl I'll have uh, TCU uh, going up against Tulane. So those are your New Year's Six Bowl predictions. And like uh, we mentioned before, Jacob uh, had to hop off the show here. Uh, we'll get into more of our bowl uh, season as well. This is the end of our bowl predictions. So that's uh, our final year six uh, bowl projections. Uh, we'll have the actual race uh, next weekend. Usually the show kicks at 11 a.m. on ESPN and they pretty much have a show going on until three o'clock and then we'll get into the New Year's six uh, bowl games. As well. So that will do it for us here on College Football Coast. Like uh, Jacob mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, we have to move it uh, to the Tuesday night slate, I had uh, a Pelicans game that I worked uh, last night, and then uh, Jacob uh, was busy school work uh, as well, and he also had work as well. So, But next week, uh, like I mentioned to him, we'll be back on our Monday night slate. Uh, all of our schedules should be lined up. So next week's show, uh, that will do it for our conference uh, championship uh, preview. Uh, we'll get into uh, the recaps of the conference championship next week before we dive in into our bowl season. So we hope everyone has Day. Be sure to check out Sports Scramble on Sunday night. Monday nights, this is when we roll, but Tuesday nights this week. And then SEC Talk will roll uh, in, a, in a couple of hours here at 8 o'clock uh, Central Time. So definitely be sure to take one. And uh, for Tyler, for College Football Coast to Coast, hope everyone has a good night. Enjoy your college football week.